Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Tuesday, December 12th, five minutes after 10. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall is on vacation. Filling in is Ethan Hatcher. Good morning, Ethan. Good morning. Uh, You're participating in the ninth uh, rated midday show across the Fruited Plain in all of America. Number nine, according to Barrett News Media. That's not too shabby. It's not too shabby at all. So Especially because a- we're sharing several positions in the field with other WIBC hosts. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the gravity and the quality of programming that WIBC brings to the table. Yeah, so there's no pressure on you. <laughs> I mean, we, we put a high standard up there, Ethan, so uh, it, it's all on you to maintain. Okay. Oh, you, you, th- th- thanks. You know, you're, you're putting the weight <laughs> on my shoulders. I appreciate that. I am. I, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm like Atlas over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to hold it all. Hey, let's talk and about. Next week, I'm going to be like Sisyphus because I'm going to be doing it every day. Yeah. Oh, you're here every day next week? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. I, all I, Ethan, all the time. I haven't been told. So, you know, it's kind of like surprise. It's like Christmas morning, unwrapping the present to see. What, what's there? Who, who they're going to stick you with. Who's, who's working with me today? Okay, cool. Hey, let's uh, talk about what happened here in Indianapolis yesterday. Yes. With uh, Merrick Garland being in town. Uh, examining ways to reduce crime in Indiana and the rest of the country is the goal of the Violent Crime Reduction Summit. That kicked off yesterday. The summit's going to run through Wednesday. And uh, Merrick Garland was here. And uh, is the Violent Crime reduction summit anything like the inflation reduction act well let's hope not it does the opposite of I, what I, it I, says we it's can't we can't afford an inverse effect at this point casey indianapolis mm-hmm. is deteriorating far too quickly <laughs> i find this very interesting because you have uh the attorney general visiting yeah. and when rob and hammer and i were featured in the washington post and we were talking about the crime here in indianapolis we were called exaggerators and chicken but yet now you've got Merrick Garland visiting saying the same thing. Yeah. That the crime is too high in this city it's, and they must do something about it. It's a sad indictment of the state of violent crime in Indianapolis when we are outpacing Chicago in murders per capita. And mm-hmm. I think this is a vestigial leftover of Hogsett's reelection efforts when that, you know, because that's when we saw the emergence of the tough on crime Joe Hogsett. Of course, it was all, you know, an empty gesture for the sake of securing his reelection, which he did handily. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that there's sincerity on the part of leadership in Indianapolis to actually get this under control. But it does speak volumes about the lackluster performance of Ryan Mears as a prosecutor that Joe Hogsett even had to announce partnership with federal attorneys and with Merrick Garland in order to spin local offenders into federal federal crimes to secure their prosecution. Because the chances of getting prosecution are better when it's at the federal level. Bingo. Mm -hmm. You you have, like, it's almost guaranteed that when you have committed federal crimes, and you're being prosecuted by a federal attorney that you will be found guilty of those crimes. Like, it, 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 it is more certain than not 
uh, certainly when comparing it to uh, Ryan Mears, which is a near guarantee that he's just going to let you out with a slap on the wrist. Okay, like so bail. the U.S. Attorney uh, General Merrick Garland, he said that uh, he was grateful to Mayor Boss Hogsett and also Chief sure. Taylor for welcoming him to Indianapolis. And uh, he said to Mayor Hogsett, we regard you as one of our own. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're grateful. Yes. <laughs> He also recognized state and local law enforcement leaders. Uh, we do that as well, uh, but we're we're putting this on the on the shoulders of of Mears and Hogsett. So, what do you anticipate is going to come of this? Are they just mm. going to breeze into town, leave, and say that, some nice stuff, and yeah, then turn around and leave, and nothing will dust change? Dust in the wind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They said that here in Indiana and across all 94 of the U.S. attorney's offices, they're implementing a department-wide strategy to combat the violent crime spike that began during the pandemic. Well, if that's the case, you could also put it on the shoulders of Eric Holcomb, who let all of the, um, you know, tourists that came in to downtown Indianapolis. I was told those were mostly peaceful protests, Casey. Oh, what do you mean? yes. Mostly peaceful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, uh, nothing says ending violent crime like sending the mousy attorney general who's afraid of your own shadow. You know, he's uh, <laughs> this is a, a Mensa meeting, right? We've got Merrick Garland and Boss Hogsett. Do you Road think scholars they, all. Road scholars. <laughs> right? Do you think they went out for drinks afterwards? I mean, Merrick Garland, he's the guy who sat on the Hunter Biden laptop, which is the most obvious evidence of crime ever. Going out for drinks with uh, Joe Hogsett sounds like that would be a chore. Mm. (laughs) Would you want to sit at that table, be a fly on the wall for that meeting? Not so much. Okay, it's 11 minutes after 10. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. You remember that uh, GOP debate? That was on News Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that last week, yes. last Wednesday? It what feels, a, what feels a like it was so, that so was. long ago. It was not even a week ago. Uh, the ratings have come out for it, and 4 million people watched it. And they also had a combination of, what, 1.6 million watched it on News Nation, and then they had another 2.5 million people watch it on the CW. So fewer people watched the fourth GOP debate than watched an episode of a low-rated Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. That's sad. And I mean, I'm glad few people saw it because the fourth GOP debate was utterly disastrous. I think Tony Katz was correct in his appraisal that Megyn Kelly doesn't know how to run a debate. And from somebody in the radio industry like yourself, did you find it utterly maddening that they didn't exercise control over their soundboard and the pots? Mm -hmm. Like when people started talking over each other and you can't even understand what's going on and it extends for not just 10 or 20, but 30 or 40 or 50 or, you know, 60 or more seconds. Mm -hmm. That's an eternity. Just turn them down. Start, start playing some other music. Cut the mics. Well, ridiculous. I, I get that. But then there's also the part of me that says, um, they want a little bit of that drama obviously to get viewers although it didn't work it didn't work it didn't work plus i think you have to i think megan kelly at one point said we're gonna let it breathe a little um that's almost like watching the animals in their uh natural habitat this is how they really interact with one another so that's good to see that part when they're talking over each other and they're yelling at each other 
Yes, I get it. You can't understand everything they're saying, but they also have their time to speak. But it's also good to see how they actually are interacting with one another because that's when their real personality comes out. You think that's how, that's them being genuine? I think as soon as they walk off the stage, they're all Palskis. You think so? Yeah, they're all gonna pile. They're gonna pile together, support whoever the ultimate nominee is. They're you know the, this is just gesturing. They are angling for uh, appointed positions in the cabinet or vice president. I mean, at this point, it, it, they're not even running for president. So this fourth debate, four million people Disaster. watching. The third debate had seven million people. So ratings were down a little less interest in it. I, I'm surprised there's going to be another debate. Have you heard this? CNN now is going to host two more primary debates, one in Iowa, one in New Hampshire. I'm not sure what we hope to accomplish at this point because the debates aren't moving the needle. Fewer people are turning are tuning in, and if anything, D- Donald Trump continues to cement his lead, as indicated in the polls. If you can believe the polls, okay, which we were covering in the first hour. So the one in Iowa is going to be at Drake University in Des Moines, and that's going to be on January 10th. And then there's going to be another one on uh, January 16th in New Hampshire, and they've got some higher requirements. It looks like. CNN is now going to require that the candidates have to receive at least 10% support in three separate national polls. And if that's the case, at this point, it doesn't look like Chris Christie may be eligible. Chris Christie, and I would uh, I would wonder if Vivek would meet that qualifi- qualifier as well. Right. And Nikki Haley has come out and said she doesn't know if she's going to participate in this Iowa poll. So if that's the case, if Donald Trump decides not to debate this like he's done for all the previous ones you have Ron DeSantis by himself doing a campaign speech for two hours so that could be the best move for Ron DeSantis <laughs> it's not even a debate it's just an alternative proposal yep it is uh, 15 after 10 it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC that is Ethan Hatcher filling in for Rob Kendall today hey did you see this uh, story about the Indiana man who this left, was so nice. He left $13 million yeah. to charity. His name is Terry Hahn, and he's a very frugal, was a very frugal resident of Indianapolis. He worked at a local VA, had no immediate family, left his $13 million estate to charity. And after he passed, about a dozen nonprofits received phone calls saying, hey, would you like some of this money? His lawyer placed the phone calls, and if the charity didn't pick up the phone, he moved on to the next charity. So there are some nonprofits out there who didn't Miss- get didn't get their share of this money just because nobody answered the phone. They missed the gravy train. If you had $13 million sitting in the bank, what would you spend it on? Would oh, that just be, would you be sitting there? Or are you going to use that? I'd use part of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably tithe some of it, a lot of it, um, donate some of it, make sure my child was set up for life. And then... You would tithe some of it? Yes. To the Catholic Church? Sure. They have enough gold. Well, I mean, that's, you know. <laughs> They're sitting on one of the wealth, a, a huge mass of wealth in Vatican City. Yes. They got, they got plenty of money. One of the largest charities, if not the largest charity in the world, but um, that's. Okay. That's, that's the upbringing that comes along with me. Um, but I thought this was interesting. The uh, lawyer is talking about how frugally Terry Kahn, the guy who gave money, lived. Listen to this. 
the money belonged to a guy named Terry Kahn. Mm -hmm. Terry worked 30 years for the Veterans Administration. He had no immediate family, and most importantly... He just was unbelievably frugal. Yeah. Terry lived in this modest house in South Indianapolis, drove an old Honda, and refused to carry a cell phone because he said they cost too much. <laughs> Even when he died back in 2021, he wanted no announcement because who would spend good money on an obituary? The man was Pennywise, but Pound, generous. Everything was directed to charity, but Terry didn't specify what charity, so Dwayne called around to see who wanted it. And in the end, about a dozen nonprofits took his call and got a share of the $13 million estate. Mm-hmm. Live frugally and then gave it all to charity. That's really heartwarming, and it speaks volumes about the generosity and good spirit of the Hoosier people, something that we saw reflected most recently in the amazing turnout and show of support for the WIBC Radiothon, more mm -hmm. than $461,000. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, record-setting. It's 18 after 10 on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It is 21 minutes after 10. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Ethan Hatcher is filling in for Rob today, who is on vacation. Now, we just shared with you in the last segment a story about the Indiana man who left $13 million to charity. He, uh, he, he did not have a next of kin. He lived very frugally. And after he passed away, he told his lawyer to give this money to charity. And the lawyer called just random nonprofits throughout the area. And if they picked up the phone, it was their lucky day. Now, here's the opposite story. The, uh, I, I think you call it Hermes, Hermes. It's a, it's, it's a fashion dynasty, right? Um, the 80-year-old billionaire scion to the fashion dynasty Hermes is apparently leaving his vast fortune of $11 billion to his gardener also includes his $5.9 million property. So this is like the real world approximation of the movie being there starring, Pe starring Peter Sellers. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen this? Mm -mm. He plays a gardener, Chauncey the gardener, who leaves the uh, house of his caretaker after he died and then stumbles face forward into the upper echelon of American politics. And we basically leave with him, you know, on the upswing. So like this is basically that. <laughs> so this guy, he's unmarried. He doesn't have children and he plans to legally designate his former gardener and handyman his rightful heir can you imagine that you're a you're a gardener you're a handyman 
probably a minimalist lifestyle, and then all of a sudden your your boss passes and you've got 11.4 billion dollars i mean i think it would be it, it, this is this is better than winning the lottery because you're being rewarded for your years of hard work and service and then something completely unexpected like this happens i i have to wonder like there's got to be like a board of directors or somebody within this this company it's uh you know within Hermes, who's going to say, well, now, wait a second here. Oh, they're going to try and throw a wrench in the, uh, the I operation? Don't you think? They would have to. <sighs> yes, I, I, I would imagine so. I mean, it's it's a company that's valued at $220 billion. So they would question his state of mind and try and invalidate the will, which would be incredibly scummy. But you're right, par for the course, especially when dealing with a vast fortune like this. Mm-hmm, there are mm-hmm. many interests at play. Yeah. Uh, you brought a story in that uh, you wanted to discuss. We were talking about the Golden Globe nominations that were out mm-hmm. earlier, and you went and saw the movie Napoleon oh, with yes. Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Utter disaster. No I good. Did, I didn't expect I, it. Because I want to see it. You're, I wouldn't recommend it. Really? Wait yeah. wait till it comes out on yeah, Netflix. It, it, is, huh? it is aggressively bad. I'd already heard negative reviews going in, but I expected just because of Ridley Scott and his career, like, surely I will. It's not that bad, and I'm going to mm-hmm. enjoy this. The directorial decisions that were made utterly baffling, and it seems Joaquin Phoenix, as much as I enjoy him as an actor, didn't mm-hmm. understand how to play Bonaparte, and I would credit that probably more to bad direction than anything else. But the story... Did he have a French accent? Accent? No. Okay. In fact, all of these French people were very British sounding. Oh. <laughs> it's a little confusing. Okay. Um, but what the story that I, I wanted to talk about was because uh, Joaquin Phoenix specifically asked the costume designer mm-hmm. not to use wool in his costumes because he's a vegan <laughs> and because wool is cruel, you understand, because of the shearing process. This is insane. You have to shear the sheep. There is no getting around that process. They yeah, have been if, you gene- don't, if you don't shear the sheep, they're going to fall over. Yes. And then you have to help Sin because it gets really heavy. This was a story a few years ago. I, I think his name was Shrek the Sheep. I think he was an Australian sheep who'd lost his way from the fold and came back with like a 300 pound or something like that coat of wool. He was on the verge of not being able to function. It was like hanging over his eyes. It was getting difficult for him to move around. It was growing moss and like wool or uh, uh, mold and stuff like that. Like you have to shear the sheep and the wool is the byproduct. Utilize the wool. Mm -hmm. This is insane. Wool is not cruel. Okay. So what? His entire costume was specifically the hat. But I I mean, if he's going to object, yeah, the Napoleon hat. Uh But if they're going to object to the hat, then the bicorn, then you would assume the rest of it. they, They made it out of wood somehow. But doesn't that mean mean to the trees? What about the Lorax? He wouldn't be happy about that. <laughs> okay, so apparently Joaquin Phoenix, he doesn't wear any animal products because he lives a vegan lifestyle. Look, I un- okay, you know, like I'll give you the leather if mm-hmm. you're part of that lifestyle, but wool, mm-hmm. give me a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, you have to for the health that's of the sheep. Cr- that's cruel to the sheep to not shear them. Bingo! It's cruel to not shear the sheep. Yeah. So utilizing the wool is not cruel. That's it, the the insanity of ho- these Hollywood. What does he want? What is what does Joaquin want people to do with the sheep? Like you have to shear the sheep. What does he want to do with the wool? Just 
toss it? Just toss it. I get you'd have to. That ask seems like Joaquin. a waste. I don't think right. I don't think this is a well thought out position. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's just it, hollow, shallow virtue signaling. I'm really bummed that you say the movie's not good. Though. No, it's aggressively bad. It's made 36 million dollars so far in the U.S. Yeah, I heard someone say 83 w- million uh, worldwide. Someone said that they weren't sure if it was a comedy or a drama. <gasps> Oh, yeah. that bad. Yeah. I think yeah. it, it's supposed to be a drama. Well, there... Historical drama. That's what um, I thought. There yeah. were several extremely awkward uh, lovemaking scenes mm-hmm. that were wedged into the film. You would think more of like Napoleon's charisma with him and, and brilliance. And, yeah, with yep. him and Josephine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was just, it was just a really bizarre movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's the best way to phrase it. So don't see that uh, in Joaquin and his, I'd skip, I'd skip that his, one. his wood hat not made of wool. And there was no French in it at all. No. That, <laughs> bizarre directorial decisions. You think almost a movie like that, if they wanted to do it really accurate, it would be subtitles. They also made very liberal use of time jumps to the point like mm-hmm. you felt you were watching uh, a sixth grader skip through the History Channel the night before an assignment was due to try and like furiously write a paper. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a bummer. I'll, I guess I'll, I'll wait until that one comes out and see if I, you know, agree, sit through it. Yeah. All right. 28 minutes after 10. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. Number 317-684-8444 if you'd like to contribute, questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever is on your mind, we welcome your participation. It is 1032. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Ethan Hatcher is filling in for Rob Kendall, who is finally taking some well-deserved days off. He stacks them all up to the end of the year so that he's gone for an entire month, practically. I can't believe you managed to pry him away from the studio. Like, I, I I mean, I know it must have been like pulling teeth to get him just to take a couple days off. You know, the bosses love it when he waits until the end of the year to take it all at once like that. Yeah, oh, uh, well, not so much. Yeah, I love the crunch, too, because everybody's doing it. Uh-huh, everybody does it. Um, OK, so let's get to a few phone calls. This is from Russ, and he wanted to call and comment about candidates ads. We were talking yesterday about Mike Braun's latest ad and how it doesn't seem very specific towards the great Hoosier state. And here is Russ with his thoughts on that. Rob is right on in terms of uh, what some of these candidates are doing in terms of their ads. I mean, they're taking our intelligence for granted uh, and, and, and reducing it to the lowest possible level. Uh, keep on keeping on. Hmm. Okay, so candidates' ads. Mike Braun specifically, uh, he's talking a lot about the border, yeah. which uh, many polls say is the second most important issue to voters. But that's not an Indiana poll. That's a national poll. I think 
that this is a broader candidate strategy that bridges both parties, because this was something that Joe Hogsett seemed to levy in his favor, which was making the mayoral's race about national issues, about Jefferson Shreve, you know, being a MAGA Republican Mm -hmm. who doesn't support abortions, even though the mayor's office has nothing Nothing to to do do. with abortions and legislation here in Indiana. But that became a central issue of the campaign. So Mike Braun implementing a similar strategy. I think that largely um, the voters have become disengaged with local issues. It is many, many times a national election. Mm -hmm. Uh, So 27 percent say inflation is the top issue, followed by immigration and the border at 20 percent. And then the state of democracy at 16 percent and then 12 percent is gun violence. So if that's the case that everybody's just following national issues, then Mike Braun's ad is on target when he's talking about the border. But Russ's comment was that um, they're treating us like we don't have intelligence. I think uh, in many cases, you have to you have to dial it down into the lowest common denominator like that to reach as many people as possible, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, they're saying that you're not intelligent but (laughs) they'll insult your intelligence to victory because they exactly (laughs) that's what they have to do i mean it's almost like you got to treat it like walmart right right yeah they're 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 going to narrow down the message and and that is what you have to do you have to have uh, the ability to present your campaign in you know 30 seconds or Mm -hmm. left three pull you know three bullet points on the back of a napkin right exactly that's the 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 basis on which campaigns are won and if you make it about buzzwords and about uh, hot button issues then yeah you're going to stick in the minds of voters, or at least I think that's the calculus, and it appears to pay off Yeah, more often than not. So uh, you can disagree with the tactics, but uh, you can't argue with the results. Ethan, you were just cracking your knuckles while we were on the air. I heard that. Uh-oh. Why would you do that? <laughs> I, I didn't realize I did. It's a nervous <laughs> habit. <laughs> I just called you out on it. All right, uh, we've got another phone call. A lot of points. Uh, I forget his name, darn it. But I, I thought this was a good phone call. He's got a lot of uh, topics that he wants to cover. Uh, i got a few theories, a few questions, and uh, a few uh, answers. Uh, theory number one, Fetterman. Maybe his brain is starting to put itself back together, and that's where he's kind of going. I remember hearing a uh, clip where he actually seemed to pivot when he was wrong, and he didn't do it without bumbling and stumbling. So maybe we're going to get somebody kind of like regarding Henry, where he's going to say, you know, what we're doing here is wrong, and he'll be a better guy for it. Uh, Theory number two, the first dog. The reason why it's fighting the uh, Secret Service agents is because it's tired of getting blamed for all the messes on the carpet. <laughs> Theory number two on the first dog is fighting them because they keep taking its cocaine. Mm. And then my solution for the first dog is, let me have it. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. It'll be a much better dog, but I will change its name back to Redskin. <laughs> my second uh, solution is for Bud Light. They're having problems. Obviously, they did what they did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Peyton Manning and Emmett Smith aren't going to help because they can't act their way out of a paper bag. What I think they need is somebody who can actually hold a brand on his shoulders. He's done it before. They need to bring back the man, the myth, the legend, Spudge McKenzie. (laughs) Cool dog, outweighs, trans problem every time. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And on the trans problem, let us all remember, there's no such thing 
as chicks with D's, just guys with T's. Hmm. Problem number three. I'm going to take it on the chin. I'm going to fall on the sword. I will help the NFL out. I am asking Taylor Swift to go out with me so then she can leave the NFL alone. And I promise if she gives me 12 months, I can give her three studio albums. If she gives me 18, I'll throw in an unplugged album as well. Now I have a question for you. Had Ross Perot won and or shown really well in his uh, election bid back in the 90s, would we even be talking about Trump today? Mm. Or would they have already put things in place, both parties, that this would never happen again? Just a question. Oh, yeah, Rob, bear down. But, hey, by this time of the season, we all know it's just print and bear it. Mm. Have a good vacation, Rob. Mm. You guys enjoy. See you. Wow, that guy had a lot to get out. I know, there's a lot <laughs> to unpack going there, huh? Going. Do you have a bullet point of everything that he wanted to, I, uh, to I discuss? Do. Okay. I do, Okay, first okay. of all, he's obviously a Chicago Bears fan, so uh, good luck with that. Um, okay. Did he say that we should give uh, cocaine to the Biden dog? No, he said, he said that the, the dog is mad because they keep taking its cocaine away. Oh, because uh, they're taking the dog's yeah. cocaine. Yeah, so well, they it, should. Because... When it comes to the first dog, I, I believe that dog has been removed from the White House, and and we reported about the biting or the snapping of the dog a few months back. That was not the first instance. More than a dozen times. Yeah, that and he's... Uh, I, I have been told, good sourced, that you could hear the screams from the Secret Service agent across the White House. Uh, sure. Rooms away yeah. when that dog went angry. Yeah, and those, those German shepherds can be vicious when, you know, when they're trained to do that. Yeah, and so that that dog has since been removed from their care or <laughs> not care. Should have happened a long time ago. He, he made a comment about uh, Fetterman. Uh, saying yeah, how yeah, he's, yeah. he's uh, changing and different. Well, isn't that interesting that Fetterman has come out strong against Bob Menendez, and I thought it was refreshing mm-hmm. for him to take that position, making the distinction between George Santos, which largely his lies, you know, yes, are are amusing, but they're just falsification of his background, whereas Bob Menendez is actively endangering the national security of the United States by partnering with a foreign government and influencing legislation, like, between the two things. Things, George Santos lying about being Jewish mm-hmm. is is a much lesser crime than Bob Menendez partnering with a foreign government. So I, I I think it's interesting that Fetterman has taken that position. Well, you know, there's been a lot of comments about well, since he had that stroke or he went through the depression and different medication, or maybe he's had a change of heart. And and I think part of it is you know he's made it through this medical crisis and he's not going to necessarily toe the company line, so to speak, on everything. And he. He's just at a more honest place, perhaps, where he's going to say what's on his mind, regardless of where it falls politically. Well, I mean, having a stroke is something that you can absolutely get better from over time. They have medication to mm-hmm. address that. And he's a younger man compared to many people in elected office. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's absolutely something that you get better from. Okay, uh, he talked about Bud Light, how they have uh, Peyton Manning and Emmett Smith yeah, now as spokesperson, and he wanted to bring back Spuds McKenzie. I'd be down for that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, who doesn't like to see a big, uh, you know, big furry friend uh, uh, be a mascot? <laughs> right. The, look at look at how well it worked out uh, for Taco Bell, the Taco mm-hmm. Bell Chihuahua. Even yeah. though they took him away, it's something that people still remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also mentioned the NFL and how he would he would solve their problems by offering to take Taylor Swift off <laughs> the NFL. 
fans. <laughs> I like it. Give him a year. She'll have three albums. Give him 18 months and she'll he'll throw in an unplugged. Um, of course, lots of material for Taylor to write on. And lastly, he asked the question about Ross Perot. If Ross Perot had done well, how would things have changed? Well, Ross Perot already broke some political norms by running the way he did. Um, he, he got what, like, 20% support. I think all of that would have I'd gone have to, to... I'd have to look back. All of that would have gone to uh, H. Bush anyway. Yeah. So I, it wouldn't have changed the outcome of that election. It doesn't move the needle if he would merely have done better. Maybe it would have changed things if he actually won and secured victory. In that case, I think third-party candidates would be taken more seriously and perhaps be in a much more competitive place than they are today. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess we'll never know because that's not the way it turned out. Right. So you're thinking that had he done better, actually won some electoral college votes, uh, third-party would be more viable than it is today. Indeed. Libertarian specifically, or do you think it would be uh, a, just a completely different party? Well, I think that no, I, I think the the uh, Democrats are are married to the party identity, and Republicans are much more competitive. So yeah, it would be it would be a Libertarian party. All right, we've got one more phone call. Um, I shared something that uh, the dude and I did over the weekend, and I'm not sure if this guy is being sarcastic or not. I think he's being serious and he's being sincere, um, but you help me decide. Casey, I am literally tearing up. I'm so happy for you that you're debt-free and your child's college is paid for. Man, that just gives me a warm fuzzy, and I'm I'm so happy for you. Um, My two children, uh, my oldest, went to Rose Hallman, borrowed a bunch of money, paid it all off himself. I told him, you know, I can't do this for you. I'll help you sign up for it. But you you get to pay for it, and he has. He's paid it all back. And my youngest took a smaller note, went to a community college in Illinois, and did the same thing, paid off his note. Um, He and his wife are busy paying off her school. And I am am so proud to know you. So y'all be well. Smack Rob on the top of the head for me. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, so yesterday I had uh, mentioned to Rob that over the weekend – my husband and I, we accomplished something that I was I was pretty proud of. It was a brag, bragging moment, proud parent moment. Um, we had worked, we had saved, and we had paid. And over the weekend, we paid our final tuition payment for our daughter's college. No student loan debt transfer, no scholarships, nothing like that. We'd been saving since she was very young. Yeah. And um, she'll be graduating from Purdue University in May. So the final tuition payment was due her last semester ever. And so we wrote that check and it it's was a huge accomplishment. Yeah. And so it was, you know, one of those things that the government didn't step in and help us. It wasn't some loan forgiveness plan. Uh, we, we did it the old fashioned preparation. We did it the old fashioned way, Ethan, Shocker. where, you know, we, we worked, we saved, we paid. And so that's what he was calling about. And 
I felt like he was being sincere. Yeah, I feel like he was being sincere as well because you're all hardworking Hoosier families that paid their own way. So, you know, I mean, Uh, expressing solidarity with that mentality. That's that's what I thought as well because I I didn't want it to come off as some, hey, look what we did. No, it was kind of like this... This this was a lot of hard work, a lot of years, and without it's any. It's not because you won the lottery. Right. It's not because you're a trust fund child. Yeah, it's not and without you know. any help from the government, we were we were able to do this for our kid. It's something that we wanted to do from you know the beginning, and it was like we met that goal, accomplished, and you know checked the box, and it was a, it was a good feeling, and I wanted to I wanted to share it, and I also wanted to share that it can be done. It does take hard work, but it can be done, and. And I also acknowledge not everybody needs a four-year degree or should go and get a four-year degree, Um, but good. Preparation, mm -hmm. execution, and hard work. Yeah. All right. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Hammer's going to join us next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It's away from 11. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Ethan Hatcher filling in for Rob Kendall today and Jason Hammer from the Hammer and Nigel program in the studio. Pressure is on our show. Yeah. Because the, you know, national publications are coming out with their rankings of radio shows around the country. Mm-hmm. So yesterday... We found out Tony Katz's program was number three. I know. Which is Amazing. Awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh, morning shows, uh, TK, number three mm-hmm. for market size in America. Yeah. Today, we found out you guys, top 10, baby, number yeah, nine. Yeah, top 10. That's right. When, well, you know what? It's all because of our amazing listeners, right? We do, it is. We do it for them. And it's really just all you, right? Because the <laughs> other guy that sits here, he's just Does along nothing. for the ride. Right, right, right. He just shows up and talks. He just shows up and says stuff. Are Arguably, you may be higher in the rankings if he just wasn't around. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. Arguably, yeah. Arguably. Uh, no, Rob does an amazing job. He does. And there are very few people in this country that take local government mm-hmm. as seriously as Rob does and can walk the walk and talk to talk because he's been there. Mm-hmm. So what you guys have is a great dynamic because you're not afraid to tell him, hey, cram it with walnuts and... <laughs> Rob comes mm-hmm. from a place where very few people in broadcast media are. He can criticize his own party. Yeah. Right. He will rip the Republicans. He will rip the Democrats. And that's what makes your show amazing. Even though we're told that nobody listens. 
There's right. there's just one or two. I, I can appreciate the fact that he takes the local government and makes yeah. it entertaining and actually that's, fun to listen to and talk about because a lot of times it's pretty dry stuff. That's right? a super strength that he has yeah. to be able to like extemporaneously go on about what ordinarily would be an extremely dry topic, make it entertaining and break it down in a way that's understandable for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And the way that he does it, I mean, it is interesting to see what some of these slime balls are trying to do. Uh, like, yeah. I think it's important to to, you know, people in their communities to know you're about to get railroaded. I think his track record is fantastic, by the way. Every politician since I have started working here at WIBC that he's maybe picked a fight with or had a little bit of issue with has come true. It's yeah. amazing. It's not a conspiracy theory if it's true. Right. Okay, so uh, the Hammer and Nigel program, no pressure. Yeah. But uh, if Tony Katz can do it, Kendall and Casey can do it, I know for certain that you guys Man, are going to be... Man, the bejesus no, out of us. No, right no, Right no. now, like, we're a pitcher with a no-hitter, mm-hmm. and you just talked about it, and now it's all screwed. <laughs> you Thanks, so? Casey. No, no, no. You guys like, are going to be fantastic Let's be realistic. Well. Last year, we were number one. I know. We won the whole thing. You we, did. We hung up a championship you know, you, you, banner. You, you cut down the net. There's no way they're going to let us go back to back. You don't think so? I don't think so. But like, how awesome is it that you have three out of the top 10 shows in the country fielded by WIBC hosts? I like know. That's an incredibly quality bench that is brought to the table every single day. And I'm sure Saturday night on the circus, probably like a number 11, you know. Well, <laughs> I'm not just blowing smoke at your rear end here, Ethan. I was coming home from uh, my son's bowling tournament in Ohio like a month or so ago and I'm driving back and I'm listening to local mm-hmm. Columbus, Ohio news talk radio. Drove out on a Friday, came back on a Saturday and it's just so dull and boring and there's no energy and it's the just talking points. People are just reading tweets, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, what Ethan does, a local live show on Saturday, you know, in the backdrop of Monument Circle, it's so refreshing and needed and we all take this seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, our shows are all totally different, right? Oh, the way, yeah. The way Tony does things is not the way we do things. The way you do things mm-hmm. not the way that I or Tony do things. But we take this role so seriously. And as we all get ready to take a lot of vacation time, mm-hmm. you know, Rob's already off. My final day is tomorrow yeah. for the year. Um, it needs to be said. We appreciate the living hell out of all of the people that trust us, tune in every day. And if you look at the track record of the things that we talk about, we're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even when the media comes at us, like the Camp Atterbury crap, yep. who turned out to be right? Who was on the right side of that? And man, we appreciate everybody tuning in every day to make us part of your lives. I was down by Cap- Camp Atterbury recently, and as we were driving by, you know, there's that long road right in front of it, and it's all, you know, there's gates everywhere. Of course, the dude and I were like, oh, that's what Hammer and Nigel were talking about. There it is, Camp Atterbury, right there. Well, it's really not even them. It was the you know, media reporting right. about what was happening with the Afghan refugees. I love the people at Atterbury, mm-hmm. man. They're badasses. I've you know done events, you know, I've done speaking engagements. I've DJed down there. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. But that little weasel that goes dumpster diving at Channel 13, <laughs> trying to call up my integrity, and then the government of all people come to my rescue and say, "Oh yeah, he was right. You were right. Bite me, nerd." Yes, yes. That's why you're so highly ranked. Okay, so. You mentioned that tomorrow is your last day here. And then what are you guys doing? What's going on with the Hammer household? So we are going to take a little uh, holiday trip to Florida. Mm-hmm. 
Listen, I don't want to try to be Debbie Downer, but it's been a rough year for my wife, yeah. right? She lost her stepdad, which yeah. in essence was really her dad mm-hmm. in January. Yeah. And she was super close to her mom. Yeah. Like they had such an amazing close relationship. It was weird to me. Like they <laughs> were just best friends. Mm-hmm. She passed away like a month ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the holidays are a tough time. So yep. we decided we're just going to do something as a family. Yep. Us. We're not going anywhere. Yep. We are going to go to Florida mm-hmm. and we're going to be in the sunshine and a Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, it's going to be like the Corona commercial. I want to see the palm tree with the Christmas lights. I want to be by the water, and that's what we're doing. I think it's great. You're going to start your own new traditions. I mean, I don't know if this is something we're going to do every year, but this year, with the passing of her mom being so close, and we didn't know what to do or plans to make. You need a new scenery. You need a new set of, you know, visuals. Right, you needed to decompress. Yeah. And she's coming off of surgery, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's going to be able to be traveling at that point. So, yeah, like, does anybody else do that? Like, can you put... You know, giving gifts on a timeout and do that at another date. Well, they can't do that in the Biden economy, but you know, maybe <laughs> right. Maybe hey, in better times. Are you guys? Are you guys gonna? Now, I've known people that will do that, and they'll pack the gifts with them right. in, in the suitcase, or you know, they'll have them for when they return. But I like to think, you know what? The travel alone should be gift enough. Just the time together. Right, and we're gonna do it when we come back. So we will be back in Indy around the. 27th. So you'll just have a delayed Christmas. Yeah. Enjoy the sunshine, man. Bring some warm temps back with you, too. Man, I need it. You get the best of both worlds. You get the tropics and presents when you come I home. I know. Fantastic. Right? Right? What's coming up today? Uh, today, biggest stories in Indy. We're going to have a good time talking about it. Tune in 3 to 7. All right. Thank you, Hammer. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Fox and Lady.